everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. I'm in a series called Kool-Aid. Isn't it true when we say the phrase, drink the Kool-Aid, we go back to maniac Jim Jones who made his followers drink the Kool-Aid laced with poison that killed everyone. I think it's real to parallel that phrase, drinking the Kool-Aid, with where we are today as a culture. Many of us have Kool-Aid mustaches. We've been drinking the Kool-Aid of our culture that's been laced with the toxin of vulgarity. We slurp it. We guzzle it. We sip it without even really thinking about it. I think all of us could say, yeah, I've sipped, I've guzzled the Kool-Aid. I've got a Kool-Aid mustache. When it comes to vulgarity, though, we've got to be totally honest. It's something that's really vogue these days. Vulgarity used to be known as maybe an expletive, Now, vulgarity is an adjective and even an adverb. It's moved from just an emotional outburst to the mainstream of our conversations. Vulgarity is accepted, even celebrated in so many genres of life. Think about the music industry. Think about the entertainment industry. Think about what's on television. Think about what's online. Think about Facebook pictures. Think about the words that we say. Vulgarity is in vogue. Do you have a vocabulary vocabulary of vulgarity? Do you have this vocabulary that is dirty, that's off color, that's not really square? Why do we have this tendency for Vulgarity. Why do we even know that something is off color or not? Have you ever thought about that? We're made in the image of God. The the Bible says we're tailor-made, we're custom-made in His likeness. Even though our behavior has disqualified us from a relationship with God, and that behavior is known as sin, sin's an archery term, everybody, I'll say it again, every single person on planet Earth knows that, that, that what they're saying or what they're involved in is either right or wrong. Where do we get that from? It comes from God. Scientists can't explain it. Psychiatrists can't explain it. Sociologists or archaeologists can't really give us the 411 on why we have a conscience. Yet we do. The most spectacular sinner in the world has some sort of a conscience. It comes from God. I would argue that when we use vulgar terms or innuendos, we know down deep, wow, I've committed cosmic treason. God is holy. He's righteous. He's pure. We're made in his image. We have this God consciousness, whether we want to articulate it or not. So When we hear something or when we say something, we know, we know, we know down deep, Romans chapter 1, that I violated 
this directive from the Lord. The idea for this talk on vulgarity came out of a conversation I had a couple of weeks ago. A friend of mine who's 40 years old and I were talking, and he asked me a question that a lot of people ask me who are not followers of Christ. He said, Ed, what's the difference between the other world religions and your faith? What's the difference between Christianity and Buddhism, Islam, Mormonism, Hinduism, etc.? I said, you know, I'll send you some good books on the subject if you really want to get detailed. But I said, bottom line, what you'll come to is this, because I'm kind of a bottom line guy. World religions, I said, are performance-based. I've got to do this or I can't do that. And somehow if I do certain things, at the end of my life, when I clock out, maybe, just maybe, I will have appeased God, whoever that God is, and maybe, just maybe, I'll get into the afterlife. That's basically what world religions stand for. They're religious. I've got to do certain things or maybe I don't do certain things, keep a list, and if I do more good than bad, somehow maybe God will let me get into the afterlife. I said, that's in essence what the other world religions are about. Christianity, though, I said, is totally different. It separates itself from the pack because Christianity is not a religion. I'll say it again, Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. Our behavior, has disqualified us from God. I said, for example, I am a sinner. I'm not perfect, I mess up. I've fumbled the ball, I've committed moral turnovers. And he goes, well, so have I. And I said, here's the deal. Our behavior has disqualified us from a relationship with God. I said, so even after my best sermon or my best book or my best run at speaking different places, I still am a self-centered sinner. I'm still disqualified from entering into heaven because God's holy, he's righteous, I'm not. And he goes, wow, I'll never hit the mark. And I said, nor will I. And then there was kind of a long pause, a pregnant pause, and I said, here's what God did though. God loves the world so much that he sent Jesus Christ to live this righteous life. He performed perfectly, died sacrificially, rose bodily, thereby affording us an opportunity to get to God through Christ. So I said, it's a relationship thing. I said, you're married. He goes, yeah. That's a commitment. It's a time where you said, I do, before God and several witnesses, and, and that constituted your relationship with your wife. You're committed to her. I said, Jesus has put it all on the table. We either receive that or not. So he hit the mark. We can't hit the mark. We receive that, then we're believers. So from there I said, you might be wondering, why do I live a holy life? I'm not totally righteous, I'm not holy all the time, I'm still a sinner, but why do I, I talk purely? Why do I, I stay faithful to my wife of 30 years? Why do I do the things I do? I said, it's not some legalistic trip, it's based on a relationship, it's based on honor, honor. 
So when I talk about vulgarity, I'm not talking about some external stuff. Oh, I better clean up my language. Or I better, you know, erase all of this from my, my laptop. Or I got to delete these channels. That's just external stuff. What I'm talking about, what I'm driving at, is, is this love that emerges from a relationship. We want to honor God because he's so honored us. Those of us who are married, are we gonna, are we gonna trash our spouse's name? Are we gonna drag our spouse's name through the mud? No way. A couple of summers ago, I think I told you this, I rescued a guy from drowning. He was literally minutes from sinking into the Atlantic Ocean. I was in a small boat, a 16-foot boat with a friend of mine. We drug this guy in the boat, saved his life. It was emotional for him. My friend and I, we were like, ah, I can't believe it. I ask you, would this guy trash my name or my friend's name? Would he abuse us? Would he use our name in a vulgar way? Are you kidding me? We, we saved his life. We rescued him. Yet so many who were sipping the Kool-Aid, who were guzzling the Kool-Aid, are trampling the grace and the mercy of God. So I told my friend, that is why my language, for example, is different. So then I thought, hey, it's like the Holy Spirit of God said, Ed, why don't you talk about this? Why don't you talk about the regularity of vulgarity? So that's why we're talking about this today. I thought you'd want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> Matthew 15, 18, here's what Jesus said. This is deep. This, this, this issue is not just external. Oh, don't cuss. Or don't tell any off-color jokes. No, listen to this. But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. The things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. Whenever you hear someone in any slice of life talking in a vulgar way, it's coming from where? Where? At all the campuses, where? The heart. It's a marker, an indicator of where a person is. Our words are powerful. Our words set the course, set the die for our lives. You can meet someone at a party. You can talk to someone at work, around your complex, your neighborhood, health club, wherever, golf course, and you can tell by what they're talking about, what they say, the words they use, you can tell what kind of person they are. It's the first indicator of who a person is. So, if I talk in a negative way, a vulgar way, it's a predictor of the future. In other words, we could take every word that you've said and I've said and put it on this monstrous screen and we could scroll through it. That'd be pretty interesting, wouldn't it? For the last seven days, every word that we've said, and we could sit and tell through observation where I'm gonna be, where you're gonna be in the next 10 years. That's how powerful words are. Your words set the die, set the course for your life. Are you heading toward 
true north. And some of you might be going, well, my kids are here. And it might get pretty explicit, pretty raw during the next several minutes. I don't want their little ears to be exposed to this. Parents, please wake up. What are you drinking? What are you slurping? Slurping. <laughs> what are you guzzling? Our kids have heard it numerous, numerous times. It's a heart issue. If my heart is right before God, I'm going to honor him with the words that I say. Our words are the greatest predictor of the future that we know of. And it's stunning to me that the people who know God the least use his name the most. Are you sucked into the vortex of vulgarity? You know so many comedians, male and female comedians, their acts would, would be chopped from maybe an hour to about two minutes if you cut vulgarity from their whole vibe. You ever thought about that? Some of the musicians out there, some of the artists out there, Maybe they could get one song. Maybe, if you cut vulgarity out <laughs> of what they sing about. Isn't it hilarious how many artists have an edited version, a clean version of their songs? Even they know. Even they know. I'm telling you, we're slurping the Kool-Aid. It's been spiked with vulgarity. Garbage in, garbage out. It's time to take out the garbage. Again, not an external thing, an internal thing out of the heart. Out of the heart. Where's your heart? Where's your heart? Well, I decided to do something. Let me change gears for a second. I decided, because we have so many people in so many different environments watching this, those online, those at our different campuses, those who will watch this by television around the world, I thought about this, okay? There are different categories of vulgarity. Let me if you'll be patient with me, describe these categories of vulgarity because many people fall into these categories. I hate to label it, but let's just do it because I've been around some of the most spectacular swearers in the world. People think, oh, you don't know, Ed, what's going on. Hey, sin is my business. I do, I do, I do. <laughs> but let's talk about some of these areas, some of these, these, these lines of vulgarity. The first person that I want to describe when I think about the vocabulary of vulgarity is the person who is clueless. Clueless. They, they just don't think about what they're saying. We all know people like that. You know people like that? Oh, that girl just doesn't think. She just talks. He just says stuff. He doesn't even realize what he's saying. There are people out there who are clueless when it comes to vulgarity. I know them, so do you. And we're not here to judge anybody. We're here just to observe. God is the judge. We do know, though, what comes out of the mouth comes from what? The heart. They've got a heart issue. If you hear somebody, I don't care if they're clueless or not, talking in off-color and profane ways, they've got a heart issue. Luke chapter 11, you know what Jesus said? He taught his boys how to pray the disciples. He said, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The name of God is 
hallowed. It should be honored. The name of God. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 20, for example, verse 7, don't take God's name in vain. The word vain means don't empty it of its content. Don't, we would say, decaffeinate it. The name of God. A Jew back in the day wouldn't even pronounce the name of God. That's how holy the name of God is. Some people are clueless about it. So I thought I would just go through some very, very popular vulgar words right now. And let me define them and use them. And I think it might change your view on what people say, especially those who were clueless here. But surely we don't have anybody in that category. Here's the first one. You ready for it? Are you ready? What in the sexual intercourse are you doing? Dude, that's some crazy feces. Man, I'm urinated off at him. I don't know about you, but I am urinated. We got some clueless people here. I can tell right now. You got to go to summer school. Man, that's oral sex. You gotta think. You're not thinking, see, you're clueless. You, you, you didn't get that. God send that driver to an eternal punishment in hell. See, when you say, God damn it, you're asking God, you're telling God, the creature is telling the creator to do something he doesn't do. God does not hurl anybody to hell. We make that choice. You're clueless, man. Clueless. That girl is an offspring of a female dog. <laughs> Shut the eternal separation from God up. <laughs> is, it, is this ridiculous? It's absolutely vulgar. We're sucked into the vortex of vulgarity. We're drinking the Kool-Aid laced with poison. And we don't even know it. Proverbs 18, 20 and 21. From the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is filled with the harvest from his lips. He is satisfied. Words steer the course of our lives. Encouraging words, uplifting words, challenging words, exciting words, like health food, man. Fruit, it's good for you. Vulgar words, off-color words, swear words, dirty stories, stuff we watch and listen to and bombard our minds with. They're not healthy for us. You see, God has our best interest in mind 
Words are powerful. Words set the course. What are you doing with your words? That five ounce slab of muscle covered with mucous membrane, the tongue, it's petite but powerful. I can tell so much about a person. You can tell so much about me by the words that we use. The tongue has the power of life and death. We can speak life or death to our kids. Life or death to our coworkers. Life or death to our students. Life or death to our spouse. The tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat of its fruit. It's kind of like fuel. You have to put the right fuel in the right place with the right car. And God says, I'm telling you, put the fuel of life. Put the fuel of, of worshipful words and your car will cruise down the course, down the Autobahn I've set for you. Yes, some of us here are clueless. It's time to get clued in to what we're saying. Another category would be those who are capricious. What does the word capricious mean? I like that word. It's a sudden behavioral change. Whoa! All of a sudden, I'm just rolling down the freeway and the wheels go off. Someone cuts me off in the church parking lot and I flip them off. Someone says something I don't like, I'm all over them. The wheels come off. Wheels on, wheels off. We're just capricious. You never know what's gonna happen. We just go off on people, wow. Anybody here in that realm? No hands, please, please, please. No hands are raised, but I'm saying, is that, is that convicting? The capricious, those who use vulgarity in just a capricious manner. All of a sudden, man, I like this girl. This girl seems like she has it together, but then all of a sudden, boom! Yeah, he's cool. I was shocked at his reaction just like that. What came out of his mouth was just, whoo, poison. Toxic Kool-Aid. James chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father. Why do we take God's name in vain? Why do we say God damn, but we never say Buddha damn? Muhammad damn? They're not God. Simply put, they're not God. They're not. Yeah, but there's a lot of sincere people in the world. You can be sincerely wrong. Jim Jones' followers sincerely sipped the Kool-Aid laced with poison. They sincerely died. I can sincerely say, I believe true north is that way or maybe that way. Well, true north is true north. And God says, your words are powerful. I've got a true north for you. I've got a course for you. With the tongue we praise our Lord, and yet with it we curse men who've been made, here we go, in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. 
So, maybe you feel like you're capricious. It's time to put the wheels on. The wheels are off, it's time to put the wheels on. Maybe instead of using vulgar terms and all these crazy words, just do what the turtle man does. Have you heard the turtle man? You seen the turtle man before? The turtle man? He, man, he, he takes a big alligator snapper. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it together. One, two, three. Yeah, yeah. At all the campuses. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the word now. Something happened. Yeah, yeah. Somebody cut you off in traffic. Yeah, yeah. Somebody says something at work you don't like. Yeah, yeah. You're really mad at your spouse. Yeah, yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> the Bible says in Romans 12, 2, that we can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. In our book, The Sex Experiment, Lisa, talk, Lisa and I talk about this. We talk about being renewed with our minds. The way we think determines the way we feel. The way we feel determines the way we act. The word metamorphosis is, is, is the word. Transformation. So if we think right, we feel right, we feel right, we act right. If we think like God wants us to, how do we do that? It's a heart issue. So we're going to think right. We'll think on the things of God. We'll encourage one another, help one another. Words of life, words of organic fruit, fill our stomachs and set the dive for our lives. We speak life, not death. If we think on those things, we'll feel those things. And we feel those things, we'll act on those things. So the way we think determines the way we feel. The way we feel determines the way we act. Garbage in, garbage out. What are you concentrating on? What are you drinking? What am I drinking? What am I concentrating on? This is, this is huge stuff. This is a deep issue. It's not like, wow, it, today talking about don't cuss. I guess I just won't cuss. And when, when things happen that are bad, I'll just count to 10 or maybe 25, and that'll be it. <laughs> Let's start a cussing club and put in 25 cents every time you say something bad. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's much, much, much deeper than that. It's a heart issue. It's an issue of worship. Some are clueless. Some are capricious. Others, and this is a scary one, a scary category, are callous, hard-hearted. They just thumb their nose in the face of God. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. I meet people like that a lot. They find out I'm a pastor, and they'll tell me the worst joke, use the most vulgar language. A while back, I was having dinner, and across from me sat this guy in his mid-60s from the Midwest. He was dropping the F-bomb. I mean, adjective, adverb. I mean, it was unbelievable. One of the most creative cussers I've ever heard. And we're called to be around people who use bad language and tell dirty jokes. We don't get involved in that activity. We're called to do that. And God will give you the strength to do it, to build those relationships. Well, I'm listening to this guy, and another guy walks up that I've known for years who is a spectacular swearer himself. And he walks up, and he sits down, and this guy's just, you know, using the F-bomb here, there, and yonder. And finally my friend goes, hey, what are you doing? This is the reverend. Don't talk like that in front of him. 
You need to apologize to him. I said, man, don't apologize to me. Apologize to thee. People say, oh, we just slipped out. Pardon my French, Reverend. I'm sorry. I go, hey, don't, don't apologize to me. Apologize to God. I mean, I've heard every word in the book. Again, you have two spectacular swearers, and the spectacular swearer number one from the Midwest in his mid-60s stopped like that. And the other guy, another spectacular swearer, stopped like that. If, if we can control it, and, and these guys aren't even followers of Christ, if they can control it, Think what can happen as we tap into the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Think of the potential in our tongues. They're petite but powerful. The words of life and death. So don't apologize to me. Apologize to thee. Here's your homework. Number one. I want to challenge you to do a vulgarity audit of your life. Need I explain more? If you can't get that, then maybe we can talk after the service. <laughs> Parents, a vulgarity audit. Kids, a vulgarity audit. Some of the video games and movies and songs and trash that we feed on. It's time to take out the trash. Garbage in, garbage out, just take out the trash. We have to do that regularly, don't we? Don't be a hoarder. Take out the trash. Do an audit. Allow the Holy Spirit of God to power wash your soul. Don't get drunk on the Kool-Aid. Drink the living water. The living water of the Lord Jesus Christ. One more thing. I said it's a heart issue. You heard me. All this stuff we're talking about, it's a heart issue. It's more than just biting your tongue. It's more than just counting 10. It's a heart issue. And my friend I talked to a while back, 40 years old, I told him, I said, all this stuff we're talking about, vulgarity, expletives that have become adjectives and adverbs, I said, you know, it, it's, it's an internal thing. He was honest, he goes, man, I've, I've missed the mark. I said, well, I know I have. But I said, Jesus has hit the mark for us. He lived righteously, something we can never do. Died sacrificially, something, of course, we can never do. Rose bodily. He's paved the path, the course for you and me to know him. Do you know him? He wants to power wash your soul, your Kool-Aid-covered soul with living water of forgiveness and mercy and grace. Are you gonna continue to trample over the blood of Jesus? The creature telling the creator what to do? Or are you gonna say, Jesus, have your way in my life? It's time, today's the day for many of you in all of our environments to make this decision. It's time for you to allow Jesus to power wash 
your soul. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this talk. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to discuss this issue with my friend. And thank you for planting this seed in my life to, to give this message. We've all failed, God. We're all sinners. We've all been drinking the Kool-Aid. I thank you for power washing my soul. And God, right now, I want to give everyone hearing my voice a chance for you to power wash their lives. How do you do it? You do it by words. Just say these words after me. And I want everybody here to say these words. I know many of us are believers, many aren't, but let's, let's say these words. Everybody, even if you've been a believer for, wow, decades, say these words because you'll encourage others who've never said these words to say these words. Just say these words after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I've been drinking the Kool-Aid. I turn from my sins and turn to you. I believe, God, that you sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for my sins and rise again. I turn from my sins and turn to you. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life, to power wash my soul, to forgive me of my sins. I give you everything I am and everything I'll ever become. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for rescuing me. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.